0: morning everybody it is fantastic to see you all today that's great that you guys like to mingle it's very good Um, my name is Tim everyone say hello Tim thank you Um, and I have a beautiful family Uh, we are involved in leadership here uh, for those that don't know me, um, I'm a chaplain at um, Mariba Primary School, Walkerman and Um And um, I've come to tell you a couple of things. The first one is that our God, that your God, is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. And he has an awesome sense of humor. Um, yesterday, oh, I'll backtrack. We live on a property on Jane's parents' place um, near the Mariba Airport and we shifted a house on there, did it up about 10 years ago and something that never got done was a, like a carport. I don't have anywhere to put our car. So, and we've been in discussion, Jane and I, about where to put this carport. So anyway, in the end, she said, this is, this is communication 101, put it where you want, Right. I took her at her word and so I then, Jonathan, you're like this, it's all rocky where we are. Um, Like there's rock everywhere. Um, So I got a crowbar uh, and I started digging a hole um, to put the foundations of this um, carport in and I dug four holes and I put in these big concrete blocks and I proceeded to put some big pipes into the, the blocks And the carport was just out the front of our place. Anyway, I got to the, I've got four poles up, and Jane just said, "Are you going to put that there?" Okay. So, as you could probably imagine, there was some kind of interesting emotions going through my head because I spent a lot of time. But you said I could put whatever I want, but you're going to put it there, and it's like blocks the view, right? So, for two years, maybe one year now, there's just been these. Poles, sitting there, because I'm like, I'm not going any further. There's absolutely no point going any further. So there's poles. Yesterday morning I was walking up the road um, with Leo, my dog, uh, just spending time in God, and i was walking back and I look at the poles. And I said, I'm going to build this carport. It just needs to be done. I need to protect my car. Uh, and then later on that day, we're all in the house. It's been wet, so we're in the house, and I was preparing for going back to school, that sort of thing and um we've got three cars parked out the front we've got um emmanuel's car and selene's car and our van and then we've got someone else who's staying with us at the moment and he pulled up and his car sort of behind and it's all sort of a, a bit of a hill and um he comes in and we're like hey alex how's it going and then emmanuel goes alex your car and we look up, and I, it t- took me about a second to register, but his car's rolling down the hill towards these three cars. And it was really quick. It just happened so quickly, and Jane's like, why didn't you do something? I was like, I'm not going to throw myself in front of a rolling car. You know, like, what am I going to do? Anyway, it just careers down and hits my pole, and it pushes it right over. And it's this far from Selene's car, and it's this far from Emmanuel's car, and it stops on my pole. And I was like, oh my goodness. I think I was more shaken up than Alex was. I don't know. He's not here to ask. But I was like, "Uh," And we ran out, and it was like, what? Look at this. This God is so good. Like, he saved this car, and he saved this car, and he pushed, like, the bumper was sort of pushed in and it broke it a little bit on Alex's car and I look at my pole and it's just fully bent over, it's got snap bolts and I just went, oh, maybe I'm not going to do my carport um, and Alex is like, can I replace your pole? I said, no, Alex, the pole was there for such a time as this, it's done its job, it's over now and I just really felt like God was laughing, right? Um, And he was just going, yeah, that was, you know, that's why we got the pole there, Tim. So now I've got to cut, the pole's been removed, I've got to cut out the bolts and um, I'm not sure what we're going to do about a carport, maybe nothing. Jane, you got any ideas afterwards? If you want to talk to Jane about where to put it, that'll be great. And then just let me know and I'll just do it. Um, But God is so gracious and um, today I have a message or a word That spoke to my heart, and it's a word that I really just needed to hear for now, this moment. Anyone here, is anyone here an overthinker? You just overthink things. Anyone here likes to be in control? You know, like I'm not a control freak, but I like to be in control. Um, And you know, the last few years, it's just like you make a plan. Who's had this? You make a plan, and it just changes. It doesn't happen. You put time and effort into something and, you know, COVID so, and now there's this restriction all that or whatever and it just hasn't happened. And I've had to learn to go, you know, like someone's, you know, life is a journey, okay? To me, a journey is something where I, I've got control over. Um, but when we go on now, so I have a um, very active um, brother-in-law and he loves going out into the bush and we do... Um, rafting and we do all sorts of adventures but they're adventures and the difference between like a journey is you can set an itinerary on a journey and adventure is anything can happen, right? You make a plan, you, you do the best you can but who knows if, like for instance last time we went rafting, we're down the Herbert River we're in the middle of nowhere, we're on the rafts and i got a big hole in our raft and the side of it went down and that's at that time, because I'm a control person, I could just go, no, you know, like, what's going on? But God's helped me to learn it's part of the adventure. We're on an adventure. You know, it's pouring down rain, and you're trying to set up tents or whatever, and it's, you're just wet, and you're just like, this is so, and you're not comfortable, but it's part of the adventure. And with God, it, it would appear, and at these times that we're in, we're in an adventure. So just trust Him. And go with the adventure. It, it actually really helps me just to say, Tim, it's okay. This is an adventure. Now we're going to uh, we're going to read from Mark, and um, this is where the scripture that I have that's been on my heart. And I'll read you the scripture first, and then we'll look at it. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you are in control, like we just read this morning. Help us, Lord, we're just, I don't know, we just love to be in control. We love to know what's going to happen. But help us just to trust you. Help us to just be along for the, for the journey, for the adventure. I pray in Jesus' name. And in Mark chapter 5, and this is the, um, the uh, scripture in verse 36. This is the scripture that really spoke to me while I was reading it. And it says, do not be afraid, only believe. And for me, um, even this week, the amount of times I said, it's okay, Tim, you don't need to be afraid, just believe. Um, that has helped me just to understand or to trust God. But here's the, here's the context of it. There was this man, and this is in verse um, 22, and it said, Behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jair- Jair- Jairus by name, And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he begged him, earnestly saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she will live. So here's this uh, man. He's a very influential man. He's 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 a leader. He's a ruler. Um, And he's got a situation that's a life and death situation for him. His daughter is at the point of death. And what's really interesting is he comes and it says he comes and he falls at Jesus' feet. So we're talking about someone who's so desperate. As a leader, you don't fall at people's feet. They might fall at your feet. But from a sort of cultural point of view, to fall at someone's feet is like, A, proclaiming that this person is really important. And it's another thing is just saying, And it said he begged. He humbled himself to the point of, so this guy is so desperate. um, And he's, but, um, and it says, Jesus, if you come and lay your hands on her, she may be healed and she will live. But he's coming in full, he's coming believing. He's, this is what he said. He said, Jesus, I know if you come, you will heal my daughter. Okay, so he's in full belief. He's full in full faith, believing Jesus. You are the the answer, and I'm going to humble myself and just I'm desperate. Can you please come? So it says that Jesus came, and he went with them, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Here's this whole crowd, and they're all in expectation. And here's this expectation. Quick, follow Jesus. Something awesome's going to happen. Um, you know, he's the healer. He's he's don't done all these things before they're following him they're also probably wanting things and it said now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians she had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse when she heard about jesus she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments for she said if only i may touch his clothes i shall be made well Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you and you say, Who touched touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told her the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Here's another person that comes along, also desperate, also has nothing left, has tried Every option, every option. Been to all the physicians. They said they did all sorts of things. Who I can imagine what the medical system was like back then? Did all ran out of money, but also two things to remember. She's a woman. Back then, a woman was not considered as equal with man in the sense of status. So she was a woman. Um, if you have an issue of blood, you're unclean. Uh, you're not meant to rub shoulders with anyone else. You've got to isolate yourself. Um, The lepers had to go out of town. She was kind of considered, she would have been considered like a leper. She had no money left. She had no income. She had nothing to live for or hope for. But she said in her heart, if only I can touch his garments, I will be okay. But for her to put herself into that point of touching garments meant she broke the law by being amongst everybody else, rubbing, touching, like but you're meant to be saying, I'm unclean, stay away, stay away. But she snuck in there, probably crawling down, keeping low, hoping no one would recognize her and touch Jesus' garments. She risked everything. She had nothing left to lose. But she also was in full faith, and she was also believing God, or believing Jesus, that if only I could touch his garment. And she received her healing. And Jesus, and for her to acknowledge, now this is the biggest thing, Who touched me? For her to stand up in front of everybody would acknowledge to say, I have broken the law. You can stone me. You can be stoned for that. You could die for that. I've just received a healing, but now I'm going to stand up in front of everyone as a woman, as someone who has been diagnosed with this issue of blood, who's got to be set to say, it was me. So she stood up and did it. I think that actually required just as much faith as receiving the healing. And he said, your faith has made you well, go in peace and and be healed of your affliction. Um, two people, like different situations, but both believing, both desperate for God, uh, Jesus um, believing, and then she immediately received this healing. One thing to make a note of is that for 12 years, she'd been suffering. So for 12 whole years, she'd been suffered with this affliction and it said while he was still speaking some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said your daughter is dead why trouble the teacher any further and we're going to stop right there because this is like a turning point for the story this is a turning point while jesus was still speaking some came so some came from the leader's house and said don't bother him anymore it's hopeless She's dead. And at that point, we would say, what, what, why, I mean he was believing God, but he was believing God. There was a, like a limitation or there was a condition on the believing, and that was while she was alive. While my daughter' was alive, you can heal her. He, we've seen that before. We haven't seen Jesus up until now raise anyone from the dead. So her limitation, or his sorry, was, if she's dead, the situation is hopeless. And so my question to you is where this is like a turning point this is a point where it can be like it's right Jesus you can go or let's keep going and and see what you can do but the 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 report that his friends or those that work for him said is it's over and my question for you and something maybe to to go home or to is like where in your life have you had believed god for something it hasn't happened how you had thought you had a condition that was got to be by this date or something had to happen and you've gone it's over it's a turning point where i've stepped away from that believing god and it's no longer and i was when i was thinking about this last night there were times in my life where Um, I had a business and I was working for myself and um, with others, sorry. And we were doing, like, just put 10 hard years into it. And the global, you know, crash happened. It was in 2008. Lost everything. Lost it. The business collapsed in a heap. Collapsed in a heap. And I remember that time because I just was like going, all I saw was 10 hard years of my life. Waste. I just, what a waste. What a waste. God, I was believing you. And this happened. Now, I did put it into perspective as well and say everyone around the globe lost way more. So many people lost so much more than I did. But I lost 10 years. And, you know, from that point, I've never tried to really apply myself to a business again. Something died. And I never, and I was just like, nah, forget it. This is not worth it. That sort of stuff. So that was just an example. So what has happened in your life where you've... Just said, no. Nah, this is not. This is. It's dead. It's over. Um, it's interesting because it says in the next. Actually, let's just play that video and then we'll pick up what hap- what Jesus' response was. That may have been a bit of a turning point um, for that person. And what's really interesting about a turning point is that it actually is. Not just about not trusting God, but that with the turning point, it's actually a can be a walking away from as well, a separation from Jesus. And in verse um, in verse thirty six, just after a report from um, those in in the leader's house had come and said, "Just don't worry about it. It's all over. It's hopeless. Situation's hopeless." It says, um, overhearing what was being said. So this is the next verse. Jesus said to the uh, synagogue official, do not be afraid. Only keep on believing in me and my power. This is the amplified version. In another version, it said, uh, Jesus ignored what the others said. It actually said he ignored, ignoring what the others said, he said, do not be afraid only keep on believing me and my power there's two things that i want to draw from this the first one is um about fear and i think we all know about fear but a reminder is that fear can hinder uh, it cripples and it robs us from belief from believing god when fear starts to come in in a way that you can feel it you can feel it around your heart like it stops you from thinking clearly it stops you from stepping out and trusting God in the unknown, and it it really does cripple. Anyone here ever experienced that sort of fear before? Um, so Jesus recognized what's going on. He said, "Don't be afraid." Now, where did fear come from? The report he just received. Jesus, she's dead. So someone brought this report to say, "Don't trouble him anymore." So, we need to first point is that we need to be careful of what we're listening to, and what report that we're getting could even be from our family. It could be from the media. It could be whatever. But as soon as a report comes in that brings fear, that's going to stop you from believing, that's probably when you need to ignore it like Jesus did. He ignored it. But then what Jesus said was, keep on believing. Keep on believing. And what's really interesting in that is that I think, when I, and just thinking about it, belief or faith is such a precious commodity that we have. It's such a precious thing that we have. I don't want to make it a commodity, so I shouldn't say it like that, because it's directly connected with our walk with God. But it is such a precious thing that we need to not just keep on believing. We need to guard what we believe. We need to watch over what we believe. We need to nurture or maintain what we believe, because it doesn't take that much to start not believing to start disbelieving, to diminish what we believe because of things haven't gone the way that we thought. We're on an adventure. We're not on a journey. We're on an adventure. Things will happen that we don't expect. Do we trust God? Do we keep on believing? So believing. Uh, so firstly, um, in 2 Timothy verse 1-7, to We all know this scripture. I think we know it because we repeat it to ourselves. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So the first thing is, Spirit of fear is not from God. It hasn't been given to us from God. Um, But it said, But he's given us a spirit of love, power, and sound, clear thinking mind. So, So as soon as our thinking starts to get a bit hazy or foggy or not sound, clear thinking, we need to recognize this isn't from God. We have sound, clear thinking. Because fear cripples, I write here, fear has a direct impact on, impact on our ability to believe. Um, hinders or it stops us from the power of God from flowing in our lives. Fear cripples us from walking in the boldness of God's love, and it robs our clear thinking. So he's given us not the fear, but he's given us um, a sound, clear thinking, power, love, and sound, clear thinking. Keep on believing. It takes effort okay it's going to take effort, but it's worth it okay It takes effort to maintain belief or even increase our belief like we saw in the video let's go to you know God sort of stretches us suddenly jesus goes okay you've you've you know done this way and now i'm going to bring you to something else that's unknown, and you can trust me um what do we do in this situation but what do we do when we get to the turning point what do we actually do when we hear a report or something gets to the point where it's like i was believing you but hasn't worked out how i wanted it to work out so the first thing i said was uh i wrote his recognize the influence of fear just recognize hang on i'm actually feeling afraid hang on fears entered in hang on something's happening here and i'm walking in fear now it's directly Im- impacting my ability to believe. Okay, so recognize it is the, the first point. Um, then in, um, as we continue to read in Mark, this is what I love what Jesus does. And he says, uh, so he spoke this word, and he spoke a word that was full of grace and full of truth. Do not be afraid, um, only keep on believing. So he spoke it straight into the heart. And when we speak the word of God into our heart, a a word, it can break fear. It can help us to just take some deep breaths and go, you know what, God, this is out of my control, but you're greater than, and I'm just going to walk with you and trust you on this adventure. Um, So we need to remove the influence of fear. So the influence of fear can be what we see or hear or someone says um, on the... In our, in our family, it could be just any influence of fear. And it said that Jesus permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came and he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead but we are but sleeping. But they ridiculed him. And they ridiculed him. And so they ridiculed him. So when he had put them all outside, he took the father and mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. He removed the influence of fear. He removed that which was ridiculing or coming against what he wanted to do. He said, outside you go. Um, And speak the truth. We use God's word. We use God's word to speak over our lives to speak into the situation to break off fear, um, and I had here Philippians chapter four verse six and eight. is a really great scripture to speak if you're um, feeling anxious about something. And I think I've lost my bookmark for it. Um, read that one as well. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. When you hear a lie, speak the truth. Um, here's here's an interesting one. I just wrote here seek out those who are believing seek out those who are believing now Australian culture is if I have a problem I solve it myself yes if I have a problem I don't ask anyone else for help because I'm I'm I can sort it out myself that is pretty much Australian culture you know it's it's all right for you to come and help ask me for help I'd love to help you but if I have a problem I'm pretty hesitant to go and ask somebody for help but we that's not God's way that's not what Jesus wants us to do. For instance, in James chapter 5 verse 14, it says this, um, is any one of you among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he has been committed sins, he will be forgiven. And it goes on, but it's saying, if you have a problem, Call someone, get the elder. If it's sickness, call in the elders and ask for them to pray. And it says the prayer of faith will save the sick. It's actually saying if you do have a problem, just please, can you please make a phone call? Can you please reach out and talk to and to those that will be, stand with you and stand believing with you? Sometimes we just need that support. Sometimes we need to be encouraged by others. Um, and this is the. This is probably my biggest one, and I said that the turning point, if the ruler of the synagogue had at that turning point said, Jesus, it's right, you can go. It's actually a stepping away. It's actually a walk. The thing that actually um, saved his daughter or raised his daughter from the dead was Jesus. So Jesus said, just keep walking with me and things are going to be okay. Just keep walking with me. So I think sometimes when... Things happen in our life and we stop believing we, it can actually directly affect our walk with with christ we stop walking with him in the way that we used to walk with him we it, it impacts our um our very um our first what the bible calls our first love that passion whatever it can dwindle because if something happens there and it's like it's maybe even like jesus you let me down jesus you didn't come through but that's not god so it so I wrote, the last thing is to walk with Jesus. When the tough times come, don't let go. Continue to walk with him. It can be as simple as, I don't know what to do. I am broken, but I'm still, my eyes are fixed on you. It says in um, in Corinthians, and it talks about um, lay aside the sin and the weight that so easily ensnares us, continue to walk with Keep your eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on him. And I would also say, when you're walking with him, just say, Jesus, what's your report on this situation? I'm hearing the, you know my family saying, forget it. But what are you saying? And that requires you to come and walk with him. Finally, um, I, I think of Martha and Mary and I, in Luke chapter 10. Well, I didn't use any of my slides. I, next one, we'll get someone else to do it. At, this is Martha and Mary in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. And it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a, a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what was, he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that she, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to stop, to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Um, All the songs that we were singing this morning talks about being still. Sitting at, you know, like just sitting at his feet and being still. I find that really difficult. I actually find it difficult to be still or sit in silence. Um, I like to always be doing stuff. I like to have music playing. I like to whatever. But there's times where we just need to be like Mary and just sit and present ourselves at the feet of Jesus to listen to his instruction. To be, to receive like um, his power and his love. Um, and to just simply be and let let him take care of it. It's like, Martha, the most important thing is to spend time with me, is what Jesus is saying. Martha, all these things are like, yes, I understand, but what's the most important thing is to sit at my feet. This is where belief, this is where faith comes from, spending time with Jesus. Um, some homework for us, and maybe... You might relate to that and say, you know, there's certain areas in my life where I have stopped believing God for things or I have been hurt or I've been disappointed or I've turned from that and and whatever. I just wanted to take a couple of minutes right now because I'm thinking if I said go home and pray about it, it's, if you're like me, um, I have a tendency just to forget and not do it. But we just take two minutes. I don't know if we can just put a little bit of... Uh, just some quiet worship, or Jane might play, and and just spend. You're just going to just invite. I invite you just to open up and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do with this? What's this message? How speak to me? Is there anything there that it's like I've turned away from, or I've turned away from you, Jesus, and that I invite you to come back and to breathe on that again. I invite you to speak to me in that area. I invite you to help me to believe. We're just going to take two minutes and. Um, a couple of minutes just to just to be honest and open thank you Lord Jesus. thank you lord father I just um I just pray for those that you're just speaking to right now god the the hurt or the disappointment or the hopelessness that's come in, whether it's through relationships or Or just whatever that they were believing you for, Father. I pray that you just breathe upon our hearts afresh. I pray, God, that Jesus, that they would hear your words to say, Do not be afraid. Only keep on believing. Only keep on trusting. Only keep on walking with me. And that, that, Father, that only you can do this. It doesn't make sense in the natural, but. With you Holy Spirit we invite you and your, your you the spirit of love and of power and of sound clear thinking to refresh and renew and wash over and restore and and to heal and to uh, bring life again father that you bring life again to our hearts and you bring life to those areas that have died in our in our lives God that you breathe it's like you said to Lazarus when he was in the in in wrapped in the tomb that you said, Lazarus, come forth. That we hear your voice just saying, Come forth. Just say, come forth. Those things that are, are just so Lord, just such hurt and such pain that Lord, did you just breathe life upon that again. We trust you. Believe you again, God, and 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 continue to walk in that adventure of life that you have for us, Father. Thank you. Um If there's anyone here that would like the elders to anoint them with oil uh, if you'd like to come up to the front and um the leadership if you'd like to come and and pray but we're going to um dis- dismiss those that uh, want to you can go and have a cup of tea or coffee up the back and just um but those that just feel they just want ministry and just need others just to stand with them that if you'd like to come up the front and um just yeah dismiss those that need to go or want to go and talk up a back have a blessed week and the lord go with you and all that you do thank you god